Welcome to the Diabetes Goddess Podcast, and I'm your host, Barb Wagstaff. This podcast focuses on the fact that you're more than your carb-to-insulin ratio or your time and range. Your diabetes may vary. And while I've played a doctor in real life for many years, I am not a medical professional, and any opinions expressed on this podcast do not replace medical advice. Please remember to always consult your diabetes team before making any changes to your care. Today's episode is brought to you by Diabetes Advocacy. Diabetes Advocacy offers programs, services, and articles to help people with diabetes understand more about their disease, the treatment options available to them, how to make sense out of their visits with their diabetes team, and how to deal with those days that just don't make sense. Visit www.diabetesadvocacy.com to learn more. November is Diabetes Awareness Month, as you all know, and I thought that was an absolutely great time to revisit an old post that I wrote I don't know, even know when. It was ages ago when it really resonated with a lot of people. And I created it in response to this fabulous post called What Everyone with Diabetes Wishes You Knew. If you get a chance, go and Google that. What Everyone with Diabetes Wishes You Knew. It was an absolutely fabulous article. It brought tears to my eyes. And after reading it, I began to think about what parents of children with diabetes wish you knew. Because we have our own wish list. We have a wish list of things that we wish our children knew and better understood. And we have a wish list of things that we really wish the general public would understand. So being November and being Diabetes Awareness Month, I thought this was a perfect time to share with you what I shared in that original post. So first off, I want to take a few minutes and talk to the children, to our children who are living with diabetes. Now our children, some of our children are still really young. In my case, my son is a little bit older. And some of you, well, you're a lot older still. But no matter what, your children, you're someone's child. And therefore, we hope, or I hope, that this resonates with you. And I'm guessing that your parents have felt the same way. So the first thing that, as a parent, I wish that you knew is that I would take this disease from you in a heartbeat. Absolutely in a heartbeat. Just this weekend, my son was tired and I was visiting with him. And and every time I visit, he takes that opportunity or he visits me to uh, do a belly sight. He doesn't like to do infusion sets in his stomach. So he usually has someone else do it for him. So when we're together, that's the perfect time to do a sight change and do a belly sight. And this time when he was doing his belly sight, he told me that he was tired. He said every time he puts in a sight, it stings. There's never any end to it. And he just, he was tired. He was tired of diabetes. And I told him that I understood being tired and I really wish that there was something that I could do. But the only thing that I could do was 
stab him in the stomach with his infusion set, and give him that small bit of relief. So yes, to all the children with diabetes, on behalf of all of your parents, I really do wish that I could take it from you. If I could, I would take this disease from you in a heartbeat. And for every tear that you shed, we've privately cried a hundred more. I know that I never wanted my son to see how much it hurt to hurt him. I was doing it to keep him alive. I still do it just to keep him alive and healthy. But it hurts me. It hurts every time we have to inject or lance your beautiful skin. It hurts every time you cry. We cry again in the shower as we turn away. It hurts us to our very core. No matter how old you are, we still want to make it better as parents. Seriously. I want to make it better for my son. And every parent, we want to make it better. We want to fix it. We want to be able to take over your care. We understand in some respects. Especially for those of us who, who have children who were diagnosed when they were small. We understand how overwhelming that responsibility can be. We totally get that you get tired. Because we would get tired and we weren't living with it 24-7. And we wanted a break. And we could get them. But you can't. And we wish that we could carry that burden for you. That you could have that break that we've been able to experience. We want you to know that we don't ask you about your readings. Because we're still wondering if you're doing a good job or if they're okay we know that you're so much more than a number but as parents we understand that glucose levels are only part of your story but we want you to be okay we want to know that your readings are okay as well it just gives us that little peace of mind that says okay we've got one less thing to deal with because that reading is in range for the moment. So maybe they're getting a little bit of peace. Maybe their body feels a bit better for that moment. As parents, we also want you to know that we watched you while you slept and we cried at all the holes that we put into your body just to keep you alive. I would see the tiny little marks on my son's fingertips from where he had the finger pokes. See the marks on his arms or his legs or his abdomen where infusion sets or needles went in. And sometimes I would see the bruises. Bruises hurt the most. Because the bruises were just that proof that I really had hurt him. I'd created a bruise in his body. And I would cry. 
I understood that hurting him meant keeping him alive. And as I've told you before, you go back to that first episode and I know full well how dangerous not injecting him with insulin can be. But I also know how dangerous injecting him with insulin can be. And I know that I had to lance his fingers and get that blood so that I could see if he was in range or out of range, high, low, what we needed to deal with. But it still hurt. And it still does. When I did that belly sight for him this weekend, you have no idea how good it felt when he said, was that in? Are you sure you actually got that into me? Because I didn't feel that. That was wonderful. It felt so good to know that for a change I hadn't heard him. And please remember that when we nag at you for not checking, injecting, rotating sites, we're not really nagging because we like the sound of our voices. We don't think that you don't get it. We know you do. But as parents, we want you to have a long and healthy life and we know that life happens and people forget. So we're just asking you because we're trying to help, not because we're trying to be a royal pain who just doesn't know how to shut up. We also want you to know as our children that if you need us, we're still there to help. I'm still there for belly sights for my son. If for some reason he'd had a hard night and wanted me to be up to check on him, I would have done that too. I haven't done it in a long time and I'm out of practice and I don't know how to work his insulin pump, but that doesn't matter. I would help anyway. Because we're quick studies. Many of us have been at this for a while and we'd gladly help you out any way we can and any time. Because that's what parents do. We want to take away that pain. We want to make it easier for you. We want to help. And now here's this other little thing that you may not realize. As parents of children with diabetes, even those children that aren't mine, I still ache for you. And I still wish I could take it from you. Sounds kind of weird, right? Especially if you're someone who's maybe older. But it's true. And I know many other parents who feel exactly the same way. We just, we know how much it hurts us to have our children hurt. And we know what a burden it can be to live with diabetes. And we still wish that we could take it from you. That we could just let you breathe for a moment. That you could have a break and be confident that the person who's caring for you knows what they're doing. It really does still hurt, even if you're not my child. And as parents, we wish that those of you living with diabetes didn't have to carry so much crap when you went out. I wish you knew the luxury of just grabbing your wallet or your cell phone and going out the door, keys in hand, without wondering, is your insulin pump attached? Do you have insulin with you? Do you have your glucometer? Do you have low snacks? 
all of those things. We truly wish that you could just know the freedom of just running out and not having to worry that there could be an emergency while you're gone and that you need one of those things that you may have forgotten. My purse, to this day, I still carry a large purse, and in part, it's because I would carry so much stuff for my son. The joke used to be that I could feed a family of four in my purse for probably a week because you had so many snacks and I had hand sanitizers and everything even before hand sanitizers were such a big deal. Well, I had all that. And I still have glucose and, and candy in my in my purse most of the time because you just never know. But I wish you didn't have to. No. I wish that you could just go with your wallet, with your keys, and head out. And most importantly, as parents, we so wish for a cure too. I would have given anything to be able to tell my son that it's okay, because there's a cure tomorrow, and you won't have to do this anymore. I continue to read the research, to listen, with a bit of skepticism. Thankfully, we were never one of those families that were told that there'd be a cure in 10 years. But cure in 10 years or not, we still want one. It's been 20 years. I'd still take a cure today. The tools are fabulous. And I will keep on top of those tools, sharing with him those tools. But a cure would be so much better. So you're not the only one waiting for a cure. We wish for one too. Now to the general public, those people who don't live with diabetes, those people who we hope to reach this month in November. Oh my, to the general public as parents, there's so much that we wish you would understand. We really wish that you understood that yes, there is this disease called diabetes, but there's also a lot of subtypes type 1 and type 2 being, of course, the two main ones. And each one of those types and all of those other subtypes have their own challenges and their own issues, and they're not the same. So please don't suggest they are. They're different. Neither one deserves any shame, but they are different. And as parents, oh my heavens, please, please, please do not ever in any way suggest that we caused our children to have diabetes. It didn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. But guess what? As parents, we carry around enough guilt about our children having diabetes. What did we do? How did we not protect them from this disease? So we don't really need your blame. It's okay. We, we've got this. We've got the blame and the guilt down pat. Let me tell you, we don't need you telling us that we must have fed our child too much sugar. I did not force feed my two-year-old chocolate bars. In fact, he didn't have a chocolate bar for years and years. It never happened. But somehow I missed the symptoms. 
somehow I gave him these genes that allowed this disease to happen to him and for him to almost die. I have enough blame and enough guilt. I don't need your assistance, I'm afraid. And please, please, please do not be the food police. Yes, our children can have treats now and again. Yes, a person with diabetes can have that cupcake if they want. They know if they can have it. They know how to manage it. They know if they need to adjust their insulin or maybe they have made other accommodations in their day. They understand. And it's okay. And it's not your job to be the food police. Allow the person living with diabetes or their parents to figure it out. Please, please, please do not suggest that they have to have the food with all those high sugar alcohols in it. You know, the only thing that the sugar alcohols are really good with in large doses is creating diarrhea. So when you give them that nice big bag of diabetic candies, you're inviting them to head to the washroom. It's a great thought. And we do appreciate that you're thinking, but there are better ways to think and better ways to go than having those sugar alcohols, which just cause stomach pain and diarrhea. Now, some people are able to have them and anybody can have things in small moderation, but please, please, oh, don't be the food police. In fact, you should be listening for another episode. I am going to have a fabulous chef on here, and she's going to share with us the amazing things that you can do with food and still live with diabetes. She creates beautiful, incredibly, oh, so tasty looking treats that she manages and she eats despite having type 1 diabetes. My goal is to like have food that just looks like her food. It's making me hungry. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's continue on with things that we really wish the general public understood about diabetes. Like, insulin is not a cure. It keeps my son alive. It can kill him, but it's not a cure. It's a tool that he has to use at all times. But it's what keeps him alive. But again, let me repeat, it can also kill him. Remember, too little and too much insulin. Insulin is the most amazing and incredible tool that we're given. Because how many other drugs, I suppose, probably like some cancer drugs, you know, when you're given morphine and that, you know, who would think that, well, probably not even there because too little morphine won't kill you, but too little insulin will. And too much insulin will kill you. Well, too much morphine would kill you. But in the case of diabetes, you have to constantly monitor. You have to constantly check. And so much can change that dosing. And yet, people with diabetes are sent home with that drug. And they have to figure out how to manage it. How to deal with it. And for those people who think that an insulin pump is a cure 
if they have a pump, well, life is just perfect. No, it's an expensive tool that not everyone can afford and not everyone wants to use, but it's a tool. It's a great tool. I love that tool. I think it's fabulous. And for our family and for my son, it is a life-saving tool that he very much enjoys and would not want to be without, but it's not a cure. And it makes his life easier in some respects, but it's got a lot of work that has to be done with it as well. So it's not a simple fix. And here's a really big one for the general public to understand. Diabetes is expensive. Oh my, please. Diabetes is expensive. Again, let me repeat this for the people at the back. Diabetes is expensive. Remember that pump that I just told you about? Yeah, it's not cheap. If you're paying for that pump out of pocket here in Canada, you're probably looking at at least $7,000 and upwards, depending on the other features and that that you add to it. And that's just for the device. That's not including the supplies. If you want to get a real breakdown, go over to the Diabetes Advocacy website and check out one of the posts that we have there on the cost of diabetes supplies. You will be shocked. And if you live in the U.S., you have to factor in the price of insulin. Hello, holy caramba. You're looking at an extra car payment or a mortgage payment just to stay alive. Imagine that, just to stay alive. Thankfully, some of us have public insurance or private insurance that helps lessen that burden. But diabetes is expensive. It is crazy, the cost of supply. Another thing for the general public to understand about parents of children with diabetes, we often get asked why we look so tired. Like, what's the big deal? Well, because we've spent so many years worrying about blood glucose levels and checking throughout the night. This parents, we still wake up. I still worry about his readings. My son doesn't live with me. He hasn't lived with me in a number of years. He's an adult, lives in his own house. And even just this morning, I woke up and for some reason I thought I heard a, a ding of a text message from him and it wasn't him. But I wondered, was that like something telling me that I should be concerned? Maybe his blood sugar readings weren't okay? So I text him and I said, hey, how's it going? How are your readings? How, how are things this morning? How do you feel? So he just sent me back. He's test driving a, a CGM at the moment. So he sent me back his screen, which he had a perfect night. So that kind of got me to relax a little bit. But I still think of those things. And I'll still think of that at three in the morning, at four in the morning, wondering, is he up? Is he okay? Are his blood sugar readings okay? So yes, parents of children with diabetes look tired because they don't sleep properly and they probably never will. And that worrying, it's not because they're helicopter parents. It's not because I think that my son can't handle it. I worry because diabetes is deadly. I worry because I've lost friends to diabetes. I have friends who have lost their children because of diabetes. This is real. 
people die. Children die. Young adults die. And it's not always from the kidney failure or the complications. It's not always because they did something wrong. Diabetes is deadly. The amount of insulin required for things is its just such a small amount, this way or that way, that can lead to lethal consequences. So we don't hover and ask questions because we have nothing better to do with our days and we're helicopter parents who just need to let go. No. We do this because we know that diabetes is deadly. You can live a full and wonderful life with diabetes. My son is doing that. He is living a fabulous life and enjoying his life despite some of those days when he just hates having diabetes. Probably every day he hates having diabetes, let's be real. But he lives and, and continues on quite fine. And there's some amazing people out there doing amazing things. Like I say, we're going to speak to a lady, a chef soon, and a dietitian I have coming on the podcast soon as well. So there's so many people doing amazing things despite living with diabetes. They're still living their very best life. But that doesn't change the fact that they're always walking that tightrope. Too much. Too little. Too much food. Not enough insulin. It's always just, it's such a balance. It's such a challenge. And you don't always know how your body's going to react. And that's the terrifying thing. So we have great tools. But again, those tools are expensive. Not everyone can afford them. So not everyone can afford to use, like I say, the, the continuous glucose monitor that my son is testing out right now. In all reality, when he's done with his test, it'll be a while before he can afford to buy another device. He doesn't have any insurance right now. He has a public insurance that's covering most of his supplies, but it doesn't cover a continuous glucose monitor. So until he has an employer or until a public coverage changes, that tool will be out of his reach. And it's really sad because it helped him deal with a, a bad low just a few nights ago. It woke him up and told him, hey, you were low. So diabetes is expensive. And we worry about that as well. The cost and the financial burden to our children. So we're not helicopter parents. We just have a heck of a lot of stuff that we have to worry about when our children live with diabetes. So I hope that gives you a greater understanding a better idea of why, as parents of children with diabetes, we worry. I hope you understand that our concerns are valid. And I hope our children understand that everything we do, we do from love and the desire to make things so much better for them. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope that this episode has been helpful to you, that you've enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed sharing it with you. If you did like today's episode, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review 
or share it with a friend or someone who might need to hear this information as well. As always, please remember that your diabetes may vary, so be kind to yourself. And until next time, wishing you all great blood sugar levels. Thank you.